Do you know what I hate? Oh wait, I probably should not say hate at church, and I probably shouldn't start a talk like that. Um, let's try that again. Good morning. Um, we are really glad that you guys are here, those of you in the room and you online. I am Nikki, and I'll tell you a little bit more about myself in just a moment. Okay, you know what I really don't like? That part of church where you have to greet the people around you. I'll own it, I said it. It's like called passing the peace and it creates so much anxiety inside of me. Um, I know some of you actually really love this part of church and you were really sad when we had to miss it um, with COVID. But I bet I'm not alone, I bet there are other people who don't like it as well. Um, I'm even an extrovert and I love people, but I can't stand that. So let's do it again. You don't have to stand up, but I want you to greet somebody around you and kind of pay attention to how it feels inside, okay? So do it right now. And just for the record, I know when you're just greeting your family member, it's obvious. Yeah. Great job. You know why that's not my favorite thing? It's because it feels fake. You see, I'm a therapist, I'm a mental health counselor, and so as a therapist, I do deep conversations every day, all day long. I don't like shallow, I don't like forced, and I don't like artificial. I like deep, genuine, authentic conversations. So we kick off this new series about community. And in this series, we are gonna talk about, well, actually just today, we're gonna talk about what we can do to build community. And there are things that we can also do that destroy community. So specifically today, I'm going to talk to you about how when you are authentic, that can build community and deepen your relationships. And how being not authentic or not genuine can destroy relationships. So let's go back to probably how I should have started this. Um, I'll introduce myself, I'm Nikki. I work here at Orchard with the high school youth group. In addition to working at Orchard, like I said, I'm a therapist and I teach people how to be therapists. So I told you what I hate, I feel like I should also tell you what I like. I love my job here. I've done it for like 12 years. I love getting to hang out with high school students so much. I absolutely love the team that I get to work with and I love the staff here. And I love getting to be here this morning with you and learning together about how to be authentic and build community. But as long as I'm being authentic, I have a couple other confessions. So not only do I not like small chalk, but to be honest, some of you might be like, I've never seen you. And that's because I sneak in late and sit in the back and leave early to avoid small talk. And if there's anything good that I say today, it's because I stole it from another brilliant teacher. Okay, I feel better now. So, we're gonna try something different to make you a little uncomfortable. I want you to greet someone again, but this time I want you to be more real with them. In a minute, I want you to tell them something real about you. Something more authentic than just good morning. I want you to share something that you want to be different this year something you want to be different about yourself this year. So for example, I would like to be more patient. That's not shocking for those of you who know me, but think about it for just a second and I want you to share with the person next to you and if you're really brave, you're gonna share with someone you didn't come to church with. Okay, take a deep breath, do it now. If the second person hasn't shared, do that now. 
Okay, wrap it up. It's not a counseling session, guys. It's just one thing. Okay, how was that? A bit awkward? Still a little forced? Maybe it was a little more real. I hope. But chances are that you were still a version of real. You see, our tendency towards managing our image with other people that we don't know or don't know real well, it impacts how vulnerable and honest we are. This image of who we want to be, who we want others to think we are, we spend so much time managing that image, don't we? So here's a picture of my family. Elliot Tenson took this a few weeks ago at my sister's wedding. We look good, don't we? It's like the best picture we've ever taken. Um, I should probably post that on social media so that you believe that we have it all put together. You would believe that my kids are always well-behaved and that we are organized and Jacob and I are always a unified front and we never disagree. I can't even say that because if you've been around us for more than 15 minutes, we're usually arguing. Um, as a mental health professional, I can tell you that what you see on social media is not real. It's not a real representation of what people's lives actually are. I bet you guys didn't know that. Who we want to be or who we want others to think we are. If I asked you all to make a list of how you want others to perceive you, you'd come up with a list of adjectives, right? A list of words describing who you want to be. And that list, it determines what you share with others and what you hide from others. It determines what we protect and what we pretend and who we pretend to be. Self-image. Self-image is a word that comes up often in mental health. It's something counselors are often helping people improve. So many of us struggle with our image of ourselves. Some of us have very low self-image and some of us have images of ourselves that might be slightly or greatly elevated. We struggle to manage our image and the problem is this image management. It makes us imaginary and pretend. The moment we start pretending, we stop growing. Jesus wants us to grow up. He wants the church to grow up. You can see in this passage from Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul believed that this was the whole point of church, growing up. I'm gonna kind of paraphrase what he says. He thought it was the whole point because when we grow up, we're no longer helpless or powerless to um, not have an effect on our circumstances and our relationships. But we grow in our ability to speak truth in love, and that's what Jesus did. And that changes absolutely everything. One way we grow up is by allowing God to speak truth and in love to us right now and in every single moment to reveal to us who we actually are. You see, when you're something on the inside and you act like something else, then it's impossible to be genuine. And it's impossible to have genuine friendships or genuine intimacy when you're not being, well, genuine. Sometimes we end up with this giant gap between what we want people to think about us and what we really are. And that space between who we really are and who we pretend to be, that space to that degree is the amount of pressure that you feel to pretend. So it's like this, I want you to like me and you want me to be who you hope I am. And if you knew who I really was, you probably wouldn't like me that much. So much pressure. And how many of us sit here in these chairs lonely week after week? We all pretend, and relationships can't grow when we pretend. And do you know where we often pretend the very best? Here at church. 
Come on, I'm gonna assume that the Pauli family is not the only family that is driven to church in a less than holy manner. I know some, actually probably many of you like me, have screamed at the top of your lungs in the minivan on the way to church a time or two. You've squeezed a kid's hand and threatened them to behave appropriately or given them the eye, am I right? Or I bet there's not any couples who have ever fought on their way to church and then get inside and pretend like everything's fine. If people don't know who we really are, it's impossible for them to really like us. We all need real relationships where we can be ourselves without fear of being judged or rejected. Research in mental health shows that people are the healthiest that they can be when they have a solid support system that they trust and can be vulnerable with. You guys, this is a question that therapists ask their clients in the very first session. What kind of support system do you have? And you guys, we worry about people who don't have a community and don't have a support system, and that's one of the very first things we work on building. It's so important to health. We all need to be known. You and I were created for that. It's so powerful to be known and fully accepted. You were created to be known. I truly hope that you've had the privilege of knowing genuine people. And I'm talking about the kind of people who after you spend time around them, you think, wow, that was great. They don't have it all together. It wasn't polished in any way. But when we're around authentic people, we can breathe and relax and be ourselves. Admit it, we all like real people. Sometimes real authentic people show up in the craziest, most unexpected places. I've been so lucky to have some relationships like these. Like the college girls that we asked to live in our basement because we thought they would be a positive influence on our young kids. And so many of them ended up being real lifelong friends. Or even my boss at church, who I was sure if he knew what a real disaster of a human being I was, he would fire me. But then there was this one time, this is a true story, that I had to tell Jeff Mickey <laughs> that I left a bag of dog poop and a note on my neighbor's front steps. <laughs> to clarify, it was their own dog poop from their own yard. I was falsely accused and I was clearing my name and it was a horrible choice, okay? <laughs> I did a dumb thing. And then I was like, what if these people go to Orchard? <laughs> so then I thought I should call Jeff and tell him the truth and I did. And he still loved me, still accepted me. He did speak some words of truth and love to me that day. Um, that was such a long time ago though, so I'm better now. <laughs> and they didn't fire me. Um, this church, in this church, through this community, I've met authentic people, true friends who are the people I call when I need prayers or I need to laugh so hard that it hurts. Recently, one of my favorite places to be around real people is at 5.30 a.m. at my workout class. You heard me right, 5.30 a.m. at Ninja U. I love working out. I have for years, um, but I've always liked to do it alone so I could listen to my loud music by myself. I didn't want to work out with anyone. I didn't want to teach a workout class. And I have grown to love this group. I think we have a picture of them. They are amazing. They aren't always pretty. They aren't always appropriate, but they're real. They're so real that I feel like I can be my real self around them. I would like to just share some of our group text conversations just so you know how real they actually are, okay? I actually got a text from one this morning that said, sending you all the luck and love and calm and peace. Everybody's in their underwear. That's what it said. Um, another one said, good morning, friends. This is sent before 5.30 a.m. 
I forgot to take a dose of Dayquil before I left my house. If anyone has any at their house that they could bring it to me, because I'm afraid I um, will not be able to make it through the workout without coughing so hard that I pee my pants. <laughs> it's pretty real. Here's my very favorite one, and it starts with a picture. Okay, so this picture was sent, and someone said, what are we looking at? And someone else said, did, did people disappear? Another one said, ha ha, smiley emoji. I think these were shoes that were left at class this morning. Anyone claim them? And the next person said, maybe the rapture happened during our workout, although I'm not sure how Bart would make it and not me. <laughs> I love these people, they're real. They are true ride or die friends, they love and support each other and we laugh so hard and we talk about real things and really encourage each other. That's the kind of real authenticity that Jesus intended the church to be. And I don't just mean huge church like all of us sitting in this room together right now, but I also mean smaller, more intimate groups. I know some of us have had bad experience with the church, but this kind of closeness was what it was intended. Look at how Jesus and his disciples did their life together. That kind of knowingness should happen here, not pretending, but deep, real relationships. In the very early church, Jesus' own brother James said this about how the people of the early church should act. This is from James 5. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. If you're sick, ask for someone in the church to lay hands on you and pray for you. If you have sinned, you will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You guys, he's saying that healing was to happen in the church. Confess to one another and pray for one another for healing, for physical healing and for spiritual healing. So now I want you to take a second and go ahead to that person that you talked to a minute ago and confess your sins. <laughs> ah, I'm totally kidding. Um, that would be weird, but there are a lot of weird churches out there, so. Um, I don't know about you, but if I'm being honest, my sin is between me and God, and I'm not trying to have people that I don't know very well know me that well. But what James meant was to be real in relationships, real enough that you can trust each other, real enough that you can be honest and vulnerable. To build authentic relationships, we have to have trust. We have to have honesty, and we have to be vulnerable. I've been a therapist for like 17 years, and you know what I've seen over and over and over again? People don't really actually care what you're good at. I swear, it's true. They don't connect to you in what you're good at. You know what does connect people? Honest. When people are honest about their brokenness, that's what actually connects people. My walking with people has taught me that, that there is power when I'm honest about my brokenness and that connects to your brokenness and then God shows up in this real, powerful way with healing right in that very place. There is real healing and real encouragement in that place of connection. Another teacher in the early church said this from Hebrews 10. And let us, con let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but in encouraging one another. Encouragement is part of authentic relationships. Encouragement can and does happen on Sunday mornings in our large group gatherings. We actually have some amazing teachers who are so good at encouraging from up front. And encouragement can happen in smaller groups, in one-on-one -on -one settings in a very personal way in a smaller circle. 
Is there anything better than getting a personal word of encouragement from someone who really knows you and really knows what you're going through? A text, note, prayer, some kind words meant specifically for you. That kind of personal encouragement. But what about when someone we know and love is struggling? What does scripture say to do then? In Galatians 6, starting at verse one, it says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. This is what was to characterize the local church, the followers of Jesus, carrying one another's burdens. And you guys, you have to know each other's burdens to carry them. Have you had a friend, a true friend, walk with you and hold a burden for you when it was too much for you to carry? I have seen that in this church. I've seen people bury loved ones, a spouse, a child. I've seen people carry that burden and point them to truth when they couldn't even remember what they believed and what was true. I've actually heard a member of this church say that they couldn't pray anymore after a tragic loss. And their friend said, well, we'll pray for you then. That's why we're here. And now I can't read my words because I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> I have seen people in this church walk with and rally behind and encourage and point to Jesus and point to truth when someone they love is stuck so deep in sin. And I've seen them carry that kind of burden in our very community. Scripture says that when we're doing this, we're fulfilling the law of Christ. Love one another as God calls you to. Love one another because God has loved you. You have to know someone to carry their burdens and to let them carry yours. Carrying burdens and pointing to truth is part of authentic relationships. And all the while, accepting each other. Romans 15, seven, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Accept. God accepted you just the way you were so he could transform you into who he wants you to be. He's not leaving you the way you are, he loves you too much for that. You are transformed by being around people who are being transformed. That's not always done in a large group either. If you aren't being real, you can't grow. Do you know what I ask of my clients the very first day? Every therapist asks this of their clients. It's in our informed consent, like the service agreement you sign. We simply ask that you be open and honest. That is the very first step in transformation, to be real about who you are. You know what my mom once said to me about my job? She said, if people were still neighbors the way people used to be neighbors, you wouldn't have a job. I first chose to be offended by her statement, and then after I listened a little bit more, I realized she was right. She was referring to people who know each other deeply. I still think people know each other that way. But true community is that, and that's what the church should be full of. Small, intimate groups where we can be real with one another. In a smaller circle where you can learn that there are more people like you. It happens in intimate, authentic relationships. You guys, we can't force or manufacture transparency or authenticity. Trust me, I'm so controlling. If there was a way, I would do it. But as someone who works here, I want you to know 
that what we want for each one of you is that, to be in authentic relationships. And we want that for you as you're ready for it. It's actually part of our values here at Orchard. It's a core value of ours. Being known and being in community. Real people, real friends, really doing life together. Really learning more about God and letting him transform us. Jesus fully accepts us. We have real hope through the transforming power of his death and resurrection. And he transforms you from the inside out. Through the body of believers, through the real church, and through scripture. There is so much brokenness in churches. There's so many reasons not to believe in what the church was intended to be. But what if? What if churches became a place people could run to with their brokenness and their realness and their messiness? What if instead of hiding inside the church, we came to church to be real and genuine with who we are, where we're at, and what we're struggling with? What if church became a community of healing for all of us broken people? It can. It has before, and it will be again. And you guys, actually, it's already happening, I promise, in so many different areas in our community, in our church. I see it every single Wednesday night in this very room when high school students encounter real relationships that point them to real hope and a real savior. Now, I know that the pretend you has a 100 reasons and excuses not to do this. If I was listening to me, I would have a 100 reasons. The real you might also be dying for this and needing this. I know you're busy with kids, but your kids might need to see you prioritize this. So here's my challenge for you. Read more about the community God intended us to live in. Read Acts 2 or read Romans chapter 15 and try not to be inspired by these words. Or, and, take a risk and step out and be more authentic. Be brave about getting real in a group that you're already in. Or, if you need a group, go to the Welcome Center or grab a staff and ask them about opportunities that we have here. Ask God to show up, maybe even a circle that you're already in. Will you guys pray with me? Um... God, thank you for how you made us um, to be so messy um, and need you so much. And probably when we pretend that we don't, we probably forget how much we need you. Um, God, thank you for this church. Um, God, help us love each other and accept each other for what we really are. The world tells us we should hide who we are, um, we should hide our brokenness, but help us be brave and trust you that you love the real us. Um, God, help us trust that transparency is welcomed by you and that you transform us. And God, help us trust you um, that you do powerful work when we're able to be real with each other. We love you, and it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.